Allen starts it out, maybe a three-on-one. Right side, Allen comes in with Colasar, got to do it, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harvinson looking for more, shooting, kick save! Grossois flexes out with the right pass. Now it's behind the goal, another try, another save, Grossois! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Big win over the Florida Panthers. Huge victory in the playoff race and a much-needed two points in the standings. The Vegas Golden Knights went out, they responded, and they are back on the winning side of the ledger and take on the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow afternoon at T-Mobile Arena at 1 o'clock. They will then go on the road for a pair before coming back to the Fortress, and we have tickets for that Thursday night encounter against the Nashville Predators that we will give away, give you the opportunity to dial in uh, at some point during hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, but uh, the Vegas Golden Knights needed the win last night in so many different fashions, and they got it. What was the most important aspect of the performance? If you would do like a bullet point, keys to the night, uh, one, two, three, the Golden Knights got the win because of these three things. Ooh, um, that's a really interesting question. Number one, they got saves. So the Golden Knights get the win last night because they got some key saves, timely saves, when they absolutely needed them. Two, the Golden Knights got last night's win because their power play came through. And and listen, you, you, you draw even on the special teams battle against a team as potent as the Florida Panthers. That tends to... Uh, to to move the needle in the right direction for you. So for me, I I thought the power play, uh, it wasn't great all night, but they they were able to convert. They were able to find a goal to give themselves a two-goal lead. That was a massive, massive goal. And then, you know, for me, number three, um, the the Golden Knights won last night because Evgeny Dodonov had himself a whale of a game. He was fantastic, um, assertive, really, really good um, to me, those are the three things that I saw from the Golden Knights last night that er- that earned them a win. Uh, can you put resolve into that or sure. just pure battle uh, into that? Uh, summarize it or uh, capture it, uh, whatever way suits you the best. But there was, a, there was a, a will there last night, even when it got to 3-3, and perhaps just as much as when it got to 3-3, where where the Golden Knights stood firm, and that was that was different. I felt than the five games that we saw on the road. Yeah, one hundred percent. I you know, resolve is certainly something that you can put into this equation for the Golden Knights. There was the resolve of having to come home after an zero and five road trip to play against an absolute juggernaut of a team in the Florida Panthers. There was getting behind early and then answering as quickly as you can. And I'll, I'll make the argument, Brett Howden, uh, just throwing pucks to the front of the net, winning battles. That's how the Golden Knights scored their first goal of the game and got themselves even at the end of the first period. And then, you know, you go up, you have a lead, you lose your best player, you still find yourself tied in late in the third period. And then the Golden Knights grabbed momentum again. Um, I thought mentally they were in that game all night long and they were working incredibly hard. Uh, eight different players had points last night and not like Dodonov had 
the two goals, the the multiple points there, but nobody else. It was it was completely spread around. Uh, Derek Pulgat uh, registered a National Hockey League point, his first game in almost two and a half years, and a really interesting story for him. He was a solid, regular uh, National Hockey Leaguer and uh, fell out of favor with the uh, Vancouver Canucks and has bounced around. And he came to Vegas because he liked what he saw last year with the Henderson Silver Knights, knowing that he was going to have to play his way uh, back to the National Hockey League, was on an AHL-only deal, so couldn't be recalled uh, when there was any type of injury uh, and go through waiver process and, and that kind of thing. It was an AHL deal, which in, in a lot of ways helps him because he's not going to be called up if they were through, because he would have been up before this. Uh, if he was on a National Hockey League deal and exposed to waivers and, and somebody picks him up. So he signs the AHL deal, he's in, and he's uh, uh, ready to go, and then uh, he gets the call. So uh, that was a storyline last night with the Donov, uh, with Logan Thompson playing. And, and think about how many guys uh, that uh, are on the bottom six or periphery of, of, of this National Hockey League core group. And the contributions that they made last night and it's it's almost wall to wall uh the the, the key contributors last night were part of that uh, supporting cast yeah 100 percent. i thought the the bottom two lines for the golden knights were, were really uh just so dialed in last night even though he didn't get a point i thought nolan patrick had himself a really strong solid game there were some plays in the trenches there were one board battles you, you love to see uh, there's really not much more you can say at this point about Brett Howden. Every time he's in the lineup, he's become an impact player on on that bottom line for the Vegas Golden Knights. There's a lot of chemistry between Howden and Kolasar. Those two guys kind of know where each other are going. They they have that simple direct style. Michael Amadio's fit in really well there too. Um, you know, and then I think just having the speed of Matthias Yanmark and Evgeny Dodonov on your third line opened up some things for the Golden Knights to expose a little bit of a, a matchup there. And, you know, when when you when you don't have your, your top-end skill play in the lineup because so many are injured, you've got to find ways to win that are a little bit non-traditional. And the Golden Knights right now, their bottom six, is really where they were able to take that game over last night. Uh, Nolan Patrick uh, did not uh, uh, register a point last night, but was involved. Uh, he was plus yeah. one, uh, had a couple of shots. Involved in four hits or credited with four hits. So you're engaged physically, had a block shot, and, and a takeaway. Didn't take a draw last night. Normally a centerman, but uh, we know he's uh, not playing that spot right now. Uh, in 13 minutes of ice time. That's that's a good game last night. You've seen it, and Pete DeBoer has talked about it the last two games, that there's been uh, an elevated performance from nolan patrick yeah i i you know he just because he's not finding the score sheet i think is is why you know you you kind of have the idea that you're not getting enough but when you really clue into nolan patrick and you're watching him on the ice defensively he's making plays right like there are things that he does in, in all three zones that you know you look at and you say okay you you get where where Nolan Patrick's value lies for this team. I think that there's a lot of, of really smart decisions that he makes when he's on the power play. Power so play last has, night, he made a play. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, absolutely. And and you see the the skill and the patience in those moments for sure. But, you know, he, he battled to the front of the net. And, and how long 
over the course of the road trip that we talk about, we want to see the Golden Knights get more players in front of that. We want to see the Golden Knights go to those dirty areas. There's a willingness from Nolan Patrick to engage in the corners in front of the net, and I think that that's important for Vegas. I think last night was his best game of the year. I'd agree, yeah. And that's not uh, to be uh, compared with point totals, but noticeable, responsible, and uh, and a, a player that was impactful uh, uh, in, in the game. Uh, points, no, but everything else, and should have been rewarded with a point uh, because he made a fabulous uh, setup on, on the man advantage. Uh, that That's great to see. And when you couple that with, with Brett Howden, and he just... He's got something going right now, uh, Brett Howden, where he's feeling like a right play. Keegan Colasar starts that whole play with a with a touch pass, yeah. and that that allows them to gain the zone with speed, and they go into the dressing room uh, with with some confidence uh, on, on that side of uh, of the puck, thanks to uh, Brett Howden getting that that break. Yeah, you're you're spot on, and and you know for for Brett Howden, it's just it's nice to see that he kind of picked up right where he left off right like this is this is a situation where you're talking about a guy that was was going to smash his career totals and goals and points uh and then gets injured isn't available loses some of that time and comes in and immediately picks up where he he left off and and the thing i love most about that play is you've got a, a hard drive to the net from michael amadio and you understand brett howden's not trying to score there he's trying to get that puck back door to michael amadio but when you go hard to the front of the net, when you win battles, when you come away with the puck in good positions and you attack the middle of the ice, sometimes you get the bounces. And the Golden Knights' first goal of the game to tie it up was a, a nice bounce that was created not out of just luck but hard work. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was speed and that was some touch and that's what you want out of your fourth line. That, that's the difference uh, on the fourth line is being able to, to create a little little plays. Uh, being able to jump into it and and Yanmark coming back at uh, it, it was good the uh, defense uh, all all the way through and you still had to battle your butt off for that win. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, I don't want to make it sound like they went out and blew them away eight uh, one because that didn't happen. It was a good game. It was a solid game. It was a a responsible uh, and a response game uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. But uh, they they squeezed as a, about as much as you can out of that lineup and now you have to go up and uh, do it again tomorrow night against the LA Kings. Before we look ahead, let's look back. It's time to rate last night's performance against the Florida Panthers. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Game rating brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service, rates, and fees. Chapman. All right, well... You know, it's funny. I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, too, because you asked about the three reasons why they won last night. And I think you guys both kind of touched on it. Logan Thompson was really good. The, 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 the contributions from guys down the lineup, including Zach Whitecloud, who was plus three on the night. But this one I'm going to add, and it may sound a little corny, but I thought the fans last night made T-Mobile sound like a home ice advantage for the Golden Knights. I said Knights. that in the first no, segment no, no, of the but, show. But I'm, I'm adding that to right now as to reasons why they won. Oh, okay. and And... Um, I mean, look, the, the, the fans were, were awesome last night. It, it, it felt like season one being back in that arena last night. It was loud. The people were engaged. I, I, I thought it was fantastic. But um, I, I've gone back and forth with my rating. But at the end of the day, I go Carolina Reaper. I think when you look at all the factors in last night's game, the fact that, that look, 
They lost Jack Eichel, and they could have packed it in when Florida tied the game in the third period. They didn't do that. They found the way to win. It's something that they needed. And like I mentioned in the first segment, I, I think if if this team goes on a run and makes the playoffs and, and has a deep run, we're going to look back at this game and say that was the moment that they clicked. That was the moment they turned things around. And, and I thought when you encompass everything about last night's game, they beat one of the in the league. They did it without a bunch of key players. They played their third goalie, who who was outstanding last night, against a team that had averaged over four goals a game since the middle of December. I don't have any other direction to go than Carolina Reaper. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's a Carolina Reaper. Like, were there still aspects of the game that, that you probably look at and say, I want more? Sure. You look at the third period, you don't want the Florida Panthers to come back, but those things happen. You have one of the best teams in the league. They're going to push. They're going to press. I don't think the Golden Knights broke. I think they bent long enough to find an answer, and that to me was was important and it was impressive. Um, I'm not going to get any type of ridiculous or crazy when it comes to um, X's and O's or uh, the process in any way. The Golden Knights got two points when they desperately needed two points, and they did it against one of the best teams in the league, and they did it while losing another big item player, big time contributor on this team. Um, they did it with hard work. And you know what? At, at, at some point, you just got to commend them for the result. You've got to commend them for what they were able to do when everyone in the world was telling them they weren't going to win. They went out, they did it. Uh, it's Carolina Reaper for me. You benched the process? Yeah, I t- last night, yeah, I did. How long and, does that and last? To, and to be and to be honest with you, like, I don't believe you can win a lot of games. Like, I don't think the Golden Knights are going to be able to go on a run if the process isn't good. I really like their process for about for for 40 minutes. I thought their second period was absolutely fantastic. Even though the edge and shots went to Florida, I thought the Golden Knights' creation was really good, and they they were they were doing well to kind of keep everything to the outside. And even though like in the third period, it was, it was more heavily skewed toward the Florida Panthers. Uh, I think the golden Knights did a good job of not really giving them too many high danger scoring chances. Now, all that being said, I don't believe you can go on a run if you're not playing well, like you have to be playing well underlying for wins to start piling up, but there are 19 games left and the golden Knights need a good majority of those decisions to go their way. I don't care what the process looks like at this situation at this point because the only thing that matters right now for Vegas is that they pile up wins. That's how you make the playoffs. Were you going to be of this thinking going into last night, or is this yeah. Uh, yeah. No, a it's, determination it's, that you came up after watching the game? No, no. And again, like don't don't confuse this with me not liking their process. Generally speaking, I thought they played an absolute gem of a game. That being said, it's not about what they look like right now for me. It's about whether or not they get two points, whether or not they check that box and get themselves closer to making the playoffs. That's really all that matters. That's impressive. Uh, Welcome over to our (laughs) side, and uh, we will take care of you. We will not uh, hold uh, your... well, persistence it, it, to uh, the the process uh, yeah. uh, against you at all. We we welcome you with open arms. Well, the the fact of the matter is, like, I was holding out for the process when this team was moving up to the to the top of the division. This team was putting together runs, and there were things that I wanted to see a little bit more of. But right now, the margin for error is, is zero. Right, like, you win or you lose. The results all that matters in this moment, and. 
while I still will pay attention to the process and while there are still things that I want to see on the ice, um, the only thing I'm judging this team on from this point forward is whether or not they won or whether or not they lost. So we got a five out of five from Chapman, a five out of five from Wallace. You can make it a 15 out of 15. Smoking! That is glorious. Uh, Golden Knights beat the second best team in the National Hockey League. I don't care how you did it. I don't care who you did it with. Uh, I don't care whether it was good, bad, or you squeaked it out uh, in the final seconds off a banked-in puck off the backside of their fourth-line player. You beat uh, a team that's been going good this year, and uh, at a crucial time, that's a five out of five. It's it, it, that was uh, that was really well done, and uh, I I liked how they that third period. That was all in it. It wasn't a playoff game, but you saw some sellout in in the players to try and lock that thing down last night. That that got me closer uh, to uh, seeing what playoff hockey looks like. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I I think. You saw a level of intensity from the Golden Knights that you usually only see in the playoffs. And, and, that's, and that is a perfectly fair statement to make because for the majority of this team's franchise or their history, they have simply been in a playoff spot. They have been jockeying for positioning, not so much for whether or not they're on the bubble of making or missing the playoffs. So the fact that you've got 19 tune-up games is what I would call it. Uh, of playoff intensity, of needing to have your details dialed in, of needing to find desperate ways of winning hockey games. Um, if the Golden Knights go on a run and they are able to get in, look out. So let's update our uh, series standings. When we started this, there's 21 games left. I declared that they would have to win three best-of-seven series down the stretch yeah. to earn a playoff spot. We're two games in to series number one, and the set is tied up at one. There we are. And they played one game home, one game on the road. I don't know whether it's going to work out. It's, it actually won't because uh, they've got more home games, uh, quite a bit more uh, road games uh, than they have home games. But uh, best of seven series tied up at one. So now yeah, you need 11 wins in the, in the final 19 uh, to, to what we project is the qualifying total of 94 points. Getting there. Yeah. Tomorrow's big. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Tomorrow's going to be an interesting one because, um, you know, both teams are banged up coming into it, right? Like uh, the, the narrative right now with the LA Kings is that they are battling through quite a few injuries to key players as well. Um, so maybe it's it's a little bit more of an even situation when you, when you kind of look at it from an injury perspective. But... Uh, is it ever really going to be even when uh, the Golden Knights realistically tomorrow could be without, say, I don't know, Riley Smith, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel? Yeah, and the the L.A. Kings uh, coming off a, a 3 nothing shutout of San Jose. That was their first win against the Sharks this year. The Sharks have beat <laughs> them uh, the, the first amazing. three times. Which they is, dominated the game. Yeah, that uh, that was dominating last night. Uh the, the L.A. Kings, though, uh, got a goal from Deneau last night. That was big. Uh, Kempe, uh, big. Remember what Kempe did last time in, in Vegas? He was a thorn in, in the Golden Knights' side with his speed. Uh, Athanasio was uh, was big for them, uh, but he's uh, he's out right now. Uh, they are they are a little bit 
banged up, and I don't know whether they're on top of the game, but they they still find points. Like they're banged up, and then they're still being having momentum. They're they're still in that having momentum side of it uh, with 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 confidence. Uh, and and this is the the standings uh, that uh, that the potential implications of this game is significant as Los Angeles is still in that belief that they can try and catch Calgary with uh, with separating those two clubs uh, right now and in, in a solid second place for the LA Kings and LA is also looking over their shoulder going is our cushion good enough they're four up on Edmonton for a home ice spot uh, to to host the first round of the playoffs in the Pacific Division and they're six points ahead of the, of the Golden Knights. That's a, that's a big swing game tomorrow night uh, or tomorrow afternoon, one o'clock at T-Mobile Arena. Vegas can get it down to four. Then you mm-hmm. you start chipping away. Uh, Edmonton uh, is is two points of Vegas. Maybe maybe you close that gap um, uh, if if Edmonton doesn't get a result. But uh, the most important thing is is you reel in a team. Uh, that that you want to compete with, not just for the playoffs, but uh, but for the season series, and it is is a very much a, a team that you could face in, in the first round. If you lose in regulation tomorrow night, it's eight. That's a, that's a tough gap to make up with 18 games remaining. Yeah, it sure is, and you know it sets the table for uh, a really important game. And you know what? For the Golden Knights last night, that was a really important game. Tomorrow, it's a really important game. And I think regardless of who your opponent's going to be, the remaining uh, 19 games this year, every single one's going to be an important game. And I think if the Golden Knights go into it with that mentality, um, you're going to see some really good hockey from this club. One o'clock start at T-Mobile Arena, the Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings. If you're wondering, Edmonton hosts New Jersey tomorrow. Uh, so that's their schedule. Calgary in first place, trying to hold off uh, Vancouver uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that one's interesting because Vancouver lost to Detroit yesterday and didn't score. Like, who doesn't score against Detroit right now? They've Not had double pulls uh, lately. Uh, that was that was shocking. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's get up and go time uh, right now uh, for the uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. It just it puts a little spice into the to the rivalry with LA though tomorrow. It, you could can you say tomorrow night's the most important game against the LA Kings since year one? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it's it's certainly the the one that has the most bearing on on what's going to happen. So I, I think this is the most important game that that Vegas has has played against LA since um, since game four. Of the first round. I'm not going to ask one. you who you would start, <laughs> but who do you think will start? Those are two different answers or two different questions. Um, I mean, I'd start Logan Thompson. He won you the game. Mm-hmm. You, you've gone on. You you went on five until yesterday. He won you the game, right then and there. I'm going Logan Thompson. Chapman, who would you start tomorrow night? Or who who do you think will start? Sorry. I think Logan Thompson will start as yeah. well. 
I think for all the reasons Ryan said, look, he 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 played really well last night against a really good team, and I think he's earned another opportunity to to kind of go out there and win yet another really important game. I think Laurent Brassois starts. And here's my thinking. If you start Logan Thompson, it doesn't go good. And people should never look at it that way. You should never go into a situation going, if it goes bad, if it goes, to, if I hit this into the woods, then I'm going to be dropping two and hitting nine and quadruple bogey. You, you, that, that's not a very uh, positive but it's the way I think. Uh, so don't do as I as I do. Uh, do as I say and think positively. But if if Logan Thompson starts tomorrow night and say it doesn't go great, then you're putting you've, you've passed Loren twice, and he's professional. He should be able to, to play. But you still there's there's a psychological aspect to it, and you're putting him in uh, the game in Minnesota on on Monday. If you put Bersois in tomorrow night, he's motivated. He's ready to go. He's he wants to to play, and then you come back in the back to back set with both guys uh, on Monday in Minnesota and Tuesday in Winnipeg. That's why I think it'll go Prasois. I don't have any intel on that, but the question was asked, and mm-hmm. the question's been answered, and we disagree. So w- this this is the best part. One of us. Are we going to do be... this dance every morning? My feet are sore. Come on. <laughs> one of us. One of us is going to be right. And the, I don't know whether there's... Could be quite honest. There's no right answer. And there's no wrong answer. Because all you need is a win. It's pretty damn simple right now. This team needs to win almost every night. And with Minnesota Monday and Winnipeg Tuesday... That back-to-back scenario, it amplifies the importance of uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we got our game rating in, uh, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service, rates, and fees. One-timers coming up. Before that, let's give away some tickets next Thursday against the Nashville Predators. If you want to go to the game, the first home game after the National Hockey League trade deadline, then give us a call. At 702-876-1340, 702-876-1340, Chris Chapman standing by for caller number, Ryan? 12. Caller number 12. Dial it up now. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Reminders uh, right out of the gate uh, on the VGK Insider Show. <laughs> one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Uh, you know, we should do this out of a live studio audience some days. That'd be fun. Like just just so they get the the full appreciation of everything of, that happens in the break. Yeah, what, well, during the commercial break and on the air, like you, you never really know uh, how it's going to go. This I wouldn't call this necessarily a locomotive smoothly going down the track. We could take left, rights. Oh, Chapman, don't look at me like I, you, you don't understand. I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're getting at because I, I think we've done we've gone pretty smooth today. Ah, 
Chapman, <laughs> speak for yourself, buddy. Yeah. Like, there's, there's like, a couple of bumps. The, the, the world at times can be burning down around you, and you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Isn't that a good thing, though? I don't know, man. I like. I would trust. I oh, wouldn't no. trust you to find an exit route. That's Chap- for sure. Chapman is that player, who, <laughs> who I'll put it into hockey terms for you. Chapman is the player that has a goal and two assists, and you lose seven three, and he's the happiest guy in the world. If you win seven three, and he's zero points and uh, minus one, he's sour. Even though you won 7-3. No, no, see, that, that's, that's, that's that, totally inaccurate. Because that is Chapman I, because it's all about his performance. No. Nobody else's. No, that's 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 highly inaccurate because I would much rather win than than have nice stats. Like, well, and, you just said today's going smoothly. Well, I, I, and, and it has for, been. For Ryan yeah. and I, it's been totally chaotic. Why is that? Why? God. Because I'm supposed to be with Ryan, yes. and I'm not with Ryan. Okay, but that's not that's not on Chapman. That you just proved my point. <laughs> that's the whole point that Darren's arguing right now, Chapman. No, no, no. I mean, we're we're not losing as a, as the a, game. No, no, no. As a collective, we are losing the game. No, I, as, I, as a collective group, <laughs> as a collective we group, are we're losing. losing the game. I, I, I but it's not on that. you, so it's okay. No, yeah. no, but but it. The the thing is, nobody knows why things. <laughs> I've gone off the rails today. So, six thirty tonight, we're gonna have some fun. The Henderson Silver Knights against the San Diego Gulls, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So, grab a snack and then come back. Six thirty, drive around town, listening to the American Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brian McCormick uh, with the call. The Henderson Silver Knights take on those Gulls. From San Diego, the American Hockey League uh, affiliate of the Anaheim Ducks. And at 7 o'clock over on our sister station, 1230, the game, the franchise opening game for the Indoor Football League's Vegas Nighthawks taking on Northern Arizona, the Wranglers. Uh, What a rivalry this is going to be. And so Coach Mike Davis and company have uh, that one for you. And we're looking forward to uh, the launch of uh, the Indoor Football League's Vegas Nighthawks met uh, Risk last night, the mascot. just The yeah. mascot just walked onto the set during the first intermission. Nice. And how do you think that went over with Lawless? Not, uh, well, I don't know. It was Lawless not good. Seems, he didn't like it? He told him to beat it. We're trying really? to do TV. For what reason? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Uh, so, so you know what, what I did? I kept the mascot on. The, of course the show just a little bit longer. Yep. I find I get along really well with things that don't <laughs> talk. <laughs> you were you were probably like a really cool guy at Chuck E. Like, Cheese. This is this is an outstanding segment. I get to do most of the talking because yeah. the the hawk yeah. can't can't talk. Although sure. Nick Hiprio sent me a note with a picture and said, "Why are you co-hosting with a chicken?" I said, "It's a, it's a hawk. <laughs> it's a night hawk." Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got uh, a, lot, a lot of people were watching that game last night. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, against uh, uh, the Florida Panthers. Big, not again, not statement win, but uh, stand-up performance by the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to snap that five-game losing streak. And that has to just, that has to feel so good. Uh, we've got uh, a trade to report. Uh, Brandon Hagel was traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning by the Chicago Blackhawks today. Uh, just digest that. 
Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to tell you the compensation for the trade. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Brandon Hagel uh, famously had a hat trick earlier this year. Um, and in in being in being interviewed after the game was asked how much that that hat trick kind of drove up the the return that the Chicago Blackhawks would get if they did indeed trade him and and when you get to the return the payoff's going to be fantastic because I'll finish the story then uh, but 21 goals this year for Brandon Hagel like there's an edge there's a guy that that's going to be able to chip in offensively uh, his shooting percentage this year has been through the roof fantastic but then you him like you drop him into a, a really good spot in, in Tampa uh, it fits the mold of the exact type of player that the Tampa Bay Lightning have been going in on at trade deadlines to help them win it's a manageable cap hit for the next two years which go figure lines up exactly with where Julian Breezebois puts the window for winning Stanley Cups at for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's it's a great move. I, I, I understand 100% why the Lightning identified this player as the one they wanted. So here uh, I'll give you the return for mm-hmm. Brandon Hagel. Yeah. It's Tyler Radish, mm-hmm. who uh, has goals this year. Boris yep. Kachuk, who has two goals this year. Mm-hmm. But, but both younger players. Yep. A first round pick next year. And yep. we're talking 2023. Yep. So for not this coming draft, but the next draft. And a first round pick in 2024. They're both top 10 protected. Yeah. Now, you could say all the things you want that those the draft picks will be lower end of the first round. But uh-huh. that's, that's saying that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to continue to be year in, year out, uh, a a top three, four team in in the National Hockey League. There's no guarantee of that, but they are top 10 uh, protected. Yeah. I think for for somebody in Brandon Hagel, who scored zero goals two years ago in this one game, scored nine goals last year, yeah, and scored 21 goals this year, Mm -hmm. to get two prospect but National Hockey League players yep. back and two first round picks back is an outstanding trade by the rookie general manager Kyle Davidson. And then think of it as a Chicago Blackhawk organization. You've turned Brandon Hagel, who was a sixth round pick of Buffalo mm-hmm. in 2016, into two players and two first round picks. Well done. Yeah, so the, the conclusion of the story, Brandon Hagel was asked after he scored a hat-trick earlier this year if uh, if that was going to drive the trade value up, and Brandon said, yeah, a couple of first-round picks, a couple of prospects. You can kind of fudge the numbers a little bit to, to talk about Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk there. Um, so, you know, and then he kind of quipped Connor McDavid, and that's essentially what the Chicago Blackhawks got, except for, obviously, Connor McDavid. Um, it is of note, though, that there are two fourth-round picks going back to Tampa. And I say that because the Tampa Bay Lightning draft and develop incredibly well. You look at the key areas, the key players. um, Yes, they've been been the beneficiaries of high draft picks, and you've had to hit on those. 
but it also becomes about development. And you look at how many players in and around this league that were originally drafted by Tampa that have become incredible players for other organizations. Um, this is a team that knows how to draft and develop, so they got something back as well. Uh, I'm not saying that either one of those draft picks are going to develop into anything that the Tampa Bay Lightning use, but who would be surprised if they were able to make those players usable players? Matt, good point. Uh, do you know who Raymond Giroux is? Raymond Giroux. He's uh, Claude Giroux's father. He got to read up mm. the, uh, the the lineup card last night. Giroux played his 1,000th game in the National Hockey League, all 1,000 games with the Philadelphia Flyers. Now we wait for the trade. Yeah. And the reports are that he didn't go with the team uh, to Ottawa uh, for the road trip. So uh, we're, we're waiting to see, is it going to be Colorado who are making the last ditch pitch for Claude Giroux, or is it going to be the Florida Panthers? Uh, I don't know. I also want to tell you that uh, – Mark Giordano out for a second straight game for the Seattle Kraken. No trade has been uh, consummated yet, yeah. but uh, they're keeping him out. And uh, Giordano, who uh, was asked about this situation, said, uh, uh, you never know for sure that a trade's going to happen, but it's obviously leaning that way. So uh, he's, uh, he's also uh, understands the situation. He's their captain, uh, the Seattle Kraken, but... Looks like he's played uh, his last game there. Uh, they kept him out uh, a couple of nights ago and have decided to do so again today. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it makes sense. You, you kind of owe it to, to Mark Giordano to put him in a position where he could win. Um, question becomes, where does he go? Um, I know I'm not the only one that wanted to see a reunion in Calgary. Um, not sure if that's going to work or if it's going to go, but... You know, all that being said, yeah, I, I think that uh, if you have a player that you know is likely not going to be coming back and wants to win, do right by them and move on. What do you think of Daryl Sutter's comments the other day that they want to finish as high as they can and avoid a first-round matchup with Colorado because that's just, and I quote, a waste of eight days, meaning Colorado's <laughs> going to fill you in? Um. I mean, listen, I understand Daryl kind of being Daryl, and that's absolutely a Darylism for sure. Um, but all that being said, uh, the Golden Knights last year found the answer to Colorado. And I'm not saying that if you're Vegas, you'd want any part of that as a first-round matchup. But if you get a team in there that can frustrate the Colorado Avalanche the way that the Golden Knights do... It's not a waste of eight days. No. And and it's easier to say when you're in Daryl's position, uh, first place in the Pacific. <laughs> you're not and, playing and, them in the first round. Virtually no chance of facing the the Colorado Avalanche in that in that first round. But it was it was interesting because Daryl made the statement and then everybody started laughing and he, he didn't respond to the laughter at all. Like zero, nothing. And then kept on answering. And uh, and went down the path. I've got some Vegas Golden Knights breaking news for you. Hmm, what's that? Uh, there's been a signing, Isaiah Saville, uh, to a contract. Uh, they drafted goaltender. So they've signed uh, Saville to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, he was playing uh, college hockey at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Played three years there. Uh, Saville uh, signing that uh, entry-level contract uh, just uh, moments ago, or the release uh, just came out. 
moments ago. So uh, interesting uh, development there as uh, players in this uh, college, uh, into the college season, uh, start to turn pro and make uh, decisions. Uh, Saville, the fifth round selection in the 2019 entry draft, the goaltender, uh, right-handed catching goaltender. Mm. So another one of those southpaws yep. uh, in the organization. So some breaking news there from the Vegas School of the Knights. Yeah, no, I, anytime you sign an entry-level contract, good on you, awesome. And uh, that's that, that's awesome news. It's he might get for, to play, too, right, like right away. Like yeah, he'll, he'll get some games, yeah, but for sure. uh, uh, we've got uh, the situation with uh, Robin Leonard being out and Logan Thompson up at the big club and uh, Dylan Ferguson and... Uh, Yuri Patera uh, in in the uh, uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure Brian McCormick will have a little bit more on that coming up at 6:30 on Fox Sports Las Vegas as the Henderson Silver Knights take on San Diego. Those are your one timers for this Friday, March moon. Uh, one timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, Nighthawks making their debut tonight. We mentioned you can catch them over on our sister station, 1230, the game. But kind of cool because despite being a local team, they actually have a little bit of a local flair as well. Quite a few former UNLV players are on the roster. Jericho Flowers. Gabe McCoy, and Dalton Sneed, who is a quarterback. He played at UNLV, transferred to Wyoming, but a cool stat about Dalton Sneed, while he was a quarterback at UNLV, he had the longest play from scrimmage in UNLV history. It was a 91-yard touchdown run, and Sneed was nearly sacked in the end zone for a touchdown or for a safety, escaped and rumbled the entire length of the field for a touchdown now only marked as 91 yards because UNLV had the ball at the nine-yard line. But uh, it's kind of cool that, that the local team has some local players on the roster. And, and I think it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, if it's anything like the old indoor football league, it's it's oh, I used to go to the games where we had the gladiators, and they were always fun time. Uh should mention Darren Woods is also on that team, another former UNLV receiver as well. So So kind of cool. And uh, I'm going to have to get out there and check out a game before uh, the end of the season starts tonight. Do you know if the ball goes into the stands, you get to keep it? I don't think, I think they have a net. So no, no, no. No, if the ball goes into the stands. Really? You get to keep it. Oh, that's cool. Then it's much better than the old Arena Football League. So I don't know who had the quote, so I'm not going to attribute it, but I think I know who had the quote. But uh, the, the, the saying went something like this. How many balls do you go through during a game? Like, Pucks could go flying like it's random, but how many footballs would you would you lose during the game? <laughs> he said, "Depends on how good your quarterback is." <laughs> <laughs> you know that's funny. I went to a game, a preseason Jets game, years and years ago, and Tim Tebow was the quarterback of the Jets at the yeah. time, and he threw a ball about 15 rows into the stands. Did somebody go get it? I think they got to keep it. He was under no pressure at all. He just overthrew his receiver by about 40 yards. Hey, what's a football worth? They're like 50 bucks. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they're expensive. It's a lot of leather. So you can go to a football game, go go see the Nighthawks, and walk out of there with a ball. Yeah, it's cool. Giddy up. Yeah. I'm in. Let's go. We should do that. Little field trip, little bonding night. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's fine. I'm game. Ryan, Ryan doesn't really sound like he's game. No, no, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Meet you there in like a half an hour. Really? No, I mean. See, I knew today. it. I not knew today, it. Darren. I, <laughs> call I've got this places bluff. I need to be, buddy. Come on. 7 o'clock, 12.30 the game. The Nighthawks against Northern Arizona. 6.30 on Fox Sports Las Vegas right here. AHL Hockey. Henderson against San Diego. Have a great weekend. Thank you.